My um, task this morning in the next 30 minutes, okay, just to give you a little bit of hope there, it's not going to be as long as you might think, um, is I'm, I'm doing the introduction to this series uh, and then next week Simon's going to be speaking, the week after Jane's going to be speaking, then I'll be back, uh, I sounded like Arnie then, didn't I? I'll be back to do week four. Uh, and Alison and myself, my wife and I, we're off on holiday tomorrow. So yes, so we're not going to be here for 10 days, so missing, missing you for one Sunday. We're going to miss you all terribly. Everyone laughed at the first service when I said that. I don't know why. Do you know what I mean? We're going to be on a beach somewhere um, and we'll miss, miss, miss you terribly. No, we won't. Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, so I'm just going to lay out the introduction really for this. And I have to say, there is so much to say about this subject. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to cut out some of what I, you know, to try and get to the, the heart of what I really want to say this morning. But I think this is such an important thing for us to grapple with. And whether you this morning are someone who would say that you're a follower of Jesus, you would declare yourself a Christian, and maybe you've been a Christian for years. Some of you this morning will say that you're a recent follower of Jesus. You've just begun this journey. Many of you uh, will say, I don't really know what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? And that's absolutely fine. This subject is important for every single one of us. Because we live in a noisy world, don't we? We live in a noisy world where there are so many voices coming at us all of the time. And if you can imagine that this is you in the picture, just in almost five seconds, I just reeled off five or six different things that affect all of us. Number one, the media. I mean, we are bombarded by the media all of the time. It shapes how we think. It shapes what decisions we make. It shapes what we believe. So whoever controls the message of the media has a direct way of speaking into our minds and into our behaviour. There's also social media, this phenomenon over the last 10 years or so. You know, and there's lots of great things about the media and lots of great things about social media, but there are some challenges as well. You know, most young people, young adults, and not only young adults, but older people now, one of the first things that we grab in the morning is our phone to check social media. The last thing we look at before we go to bed at night is the phone to check social media. Social media is a really noisy voice. It's a really noisy voice. But there's also culture, our very culture. You know, if you are... Uh, European, you're British or you're, you're living in Europe and you're living in, in America or in you know, the Western world, we live in a culture which is very different spiritually than it used to be a few decades ago. How many of you know I'm that's telling the truth? Uh, and I know not all of you would say that you're Christians this morning, but for those of you that say you are, I want you to know this. In our culture, the memory of the gospel is almost non-existent. Are you with me? When, when I was a kid, all right, uh, uh, and my parents and my parents' parents, even if they weren't Christians, they understood what the Bible was about. They understood a moral framework. They had a sense of what was right or wrong by God's side. That's a very distant memory now. We live in a whole different world. And let me just say a couple of things. If you are going to send Christians to another culture to try and connect the gospel to those people, what are some of the key things that you do when you train and equip people? Anyone? Teach them about their culture, language. So what you see, we've got OM Life Hope over the back here. Great organisation that we partner with, part of us really in, in many ways. That's what they do. They prepare people to engage in a different culture. So you're going to learn the language. You're going to dress in a way that's, that's appropriate. You're going to learn the stories and the symbols and the themes and the metaphors. And then you've got a bridge to, to walk across and you can communicate the unchanging story of the gospel. 
But I want you to know, we live right now in a different culture. It's a post-Christian culture. That means that as we send people overseas and we say, learn the language, dress appropriately, learn the stories, learn, the, learn how that culture works, we should be exactly the same in our culture right now. Which is why in this church we use things like the voice. It's not because we want to try and be clever or just because we, we, we want to, we you know, we've got nothing else to do other than do this. We use these metaphors and these symbols because these are the kind of things that our culture is connecting with. And into that then we will speak the unchanging truth of God's word. But culture is a loud voice. Peer pressure. And not just teenagers, but all of us are in that peer pressure. Because with social media now, we all see what everyone else is buying, where everyone else is going, what everyone else is thinking. And that peer pressure to say, oh, you know, I've got to have that or I've got to go there. Otherwise, I'm going to be left out. That's not just a teenage issue. That's a human issue now. We all suffer from peer pressure. But I want to suggest that the, 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 the the fifth thing, that the loudest voices of all can be the voices within. The voices within. And when I say that, can I just make a little comment and aside? I'm not talking about issues relating to mental health now. You know, we have some folks in our community here that suffer from mental health issues. And if you are one of them, my heart goes out to you. Because I visit Bushy Fields almost on a weekly or a fortnightly basis to, to visit people there. And, and I know some of the tragedy and the trauma that there can be in people's lives that suffer from mental health issues. So when I'm talking about the voices that you hear on the inside, I'm not talking specifically about mental health issues. Because all of us have those internal narratives. We all have stories in our head which shape how we think about life, about God and what we do. And a guy called Erwin McManus is one of my favourite Christian authors and leaders. He said this, our souls are overcrowded with voices demanding attention, allegiance, adherence and submission. So there's like, that's you and me up there and there's all these voices and maybe more as well and they're all clamouring for our attention. They all want us to hit the button and turn around and give them our full attention. But I want you to know something, folks. In a world of competing voices, we can tune in to the voice that matters the most. We really can. And we believe that that voice is God's voice. We believe God has a voice and he speaks. How many of you believe that? Some of you may not be sure about that. But the problem is for many of us, maybe you've been brought up in a, in a Christian environment or maybe you've been brought up in a completely not a Christian environment. Even if you've been brought up in a Christian environment, you can mishear the voice of God. And if you've not been brought up in a Christian environment, you can have an idea in your head about how God speaks and what God's going to say. And you can completely mishear it. It's almost like from the moment that God speaks to when you receive it, it's like something has altered and distorted. It's like mishearing the lyrics in a song. And just to kind of lead us into this a little bit, because there's some pretty deep stuff for me to say this morning. We thought we'd have a little bit of laugh before we do that. I can't do it any better than this guy, all right? Which is why he's paid millions and I'm not, okay? So I want you to take a little look. And this is Peter Kay, who's a stand-up comedian in this country. He's explaining the dynamic of what can happen when you mishear the lyrics. Take a look. You're all about a karaoke. When you're singing on a karaoke, you haven't got a clue that those were words. I was singing, um, take that back for good. Wash your back, wash your back, wash your back. Want your back? What's this? Want your back? I've been singing, wash your back, 15 years. So when you go on a karaoke and you see lyrics, that's what they're supposed to be singing. You know that song, We Are Family? For years I thought they were singing, just let me staple the vicar. Right? <laughs> who's right and who's wrong here? Listen. All of the people around the 
Songstress. Last three years, I thought that poor cow were begging me for birdseed. Apparently, it's mercy. I thought it were birdseed. I won't carry on giving it birdseed, birdseed. Mercy. Drive by the cars, beautiful song. They used this on Live Aid. Do you remember? They showed it over this harrowing footage of these starving Ethiopians. <laughs> if you listen closely, they're actually singing about pork pie. Pork pie, swear to God. That's amazing, isn't it? It is possible to... to I'm going to link from that in a minute. It is possible to mishear the lyric. And what I want to say to you, guys, wherever you come from, whatever your experience of God is, he has a voice and his voice brings life. We mishear it so many times. And what I want to do this morning is just to take you to the Bible and to kind of show you how God speaks in the Bible, but then begin to lay out how God speaks to us today. You see, God spoke in the Bible right at the very beginning. At the very beginning of the Bible, the first book is the book of Genesis, which I nearly call Guinnesses in the first service. Um, And it says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now science helps us to understand all the dynamics about that. Okay, this is not an anti-science statement, but we believe that in the beginning, God spoke and there was light. His very voice created life and light. And then if you track through the Bible, Adam and Eve, the first man and woman there, they heard the voice of God as he walked with them in the garden. Noah heard God tell him to build a boat and gave him the exact dimensions and specifications. A guy called Abraham heard God call him to leave his home and travel to another place. Moses heard God speak to him from a burning bush. A guy called Gideon heard God call him to action when he didn't think he could be or do anything. You know, people in the first Christmas story, they heard the voice of God and it blew their minds. Those first disciples, those first followers of Jesus heard God speak to them. You know, Simon Peter, you know, Peter he, he heard God speak in the book of Acts, telling him to move out of Jerusalem and to go and connect to people outside of his own racial stereotype and prejudice views. God spoke in the Bible. But I want you to know, God still speaks today. Anyone here? God still speaks today. You see, He created with a voice. He healed with a voice. He encouraged with a voice. He challenged with a voice. He corrected. He guided. He assured. He loved with a voice. The best news of all, His voice is still alive now. He speaks today. He speaks to people. 
And my key thought for you this morning is this. His voice is the voice that brings life. His voice is the voice that brings life. And I want us to look, if you've got a Bible, you can turn with us. If not, the words are going to come up on the screen. This is John chapter 10. And and this bit of, of the Bible is really important because it describes the relationship that God wants to have between him and between us. And he uses a metaphor of sheep and a shepherd. Okay, don't get too fixated with that. Look, look beyond that because this describes the relationship. This is the real voice. This is the real lyric that God wants us to hear. But we mishear the lyric so quickly. So I want to just go through it a little bit. John chapter 10 and verse 2. And Jesus says this, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his Voice, there it is. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him, not because they have to. The Bible says because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And then in verse 8. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What Jesus says here is that his voice is the voice that brings life. But there is a thief and he'll come to steal and kill and destroy. And he's not come to nick your DVD player or your computer. He's come to steal something much more important than that. He's come to steal your life. And I don't mean by that that you're going to die. I mean he's going to come and, dis- uh, and steal the way that you're really meant to live. He's going to steal your joy and your purpose and your meaning and, and, and the sense of who you are. He is going to come and steal the very thing that God brings you, which is life. And he does that through a voice. But you see, this is why Jesus says, and I think, I think it's right to say this, that actually in the beginning was the voice. In the beginning was the voice that created life. And Jesus is the voice. And when we tune out the other voices and tune into his voice, that's when we'll experience real life. But when you go back to the Bible and go back to the very beginning, you see God said to Adam and Eve, hey, you can do anything you want. Okay, You can do anything you want in this place. Just, just enjoy it all. There's just one thing that I don't want you to touch. And then what happened was there was a serpent that came along. And don't get caught up with that. Okay, but the serpent said, did God really say that? Remember it? Did God really say that? And it's interesting because that voice, that voice began to challenge the voice of God in their lives. They began to silence the voice of God, and they began to listen to another voice that said, did God really say? And it's like a contradictory voice that suggested that God wasn't telling them the whole story. That maybe that when God said, hey, do anything you want, but don't touch that tree, maybe God wasn't telling them the whole story. The contradictory voice began to put doubt into their mind about the real voice that they'd heard. And they began to silence God's voice, and they chose a lesser voice to listen to. And whenever you choose a lesser voice to listen to than God's voice, it'll end in disaster. And I want you to think this morning, you see, I think we do this all the time. We ask that question, did God really say it all the time? Now, if you're a believer this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, this applies to you. If you're not, you can have a little check out for a moment. It doesn't apply to you right now. But for everyone else, who you may say, I am a believer, this really applies to you. Because we do this all the time. We say, did God really say that? Did God really say I shouldn't do that? Did God really say that that will harm me if I do that? Did God really say that? 
And what we do is we do it, especially we do it in the areas of morals and of choices and of values and of decisions, don't we? We say, yeah, I know you said that, God, but did you really say that? Did you really mean that? Maybe we've misheard what you've said. And we do it all the time. And we fudge things because we're trying to look for a loophole. On Friday night here, we had a political hostings event, which was great and was really well uh, led. And everyone was very respectful, uh, which was great. And there were five candidates there. And one of the questions that came up was the question about tax evasion stroke avoidance. And as, as I was listening to it, I thought, don't we look for loopholes all the time? You know, as a people, that's what we're always trying to do. We're trying to look for a way to get out. And that's what we do sometimes when we come to God. Did God really say that? And if you're a Christian this morning, you know, you know what the Bible says. And if you don't, find out. And when we get that voice that comes in our head that says, did God really say? We need maybe to silence that voice and listen to the one voice that brings life. You know, an old story I heard years ago really, really makes me laugh. And it's about a pastor of a church who was going to visit someone in hospital and pulled up outside of the street where he usually parked. But he couldn't park. There was no car parks there, apart from some double yellow lines. And he was, he was late and he wanted to go see this person in hospital. So he parked the car and on his, he wrote a note on his windscreen. And he said this, dear traffic warden, um, I'm a pastor of a church and I'm trying to visit someone in hospital. Couldn't find anyone else to park. Please, 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 can you... Show me birdseed or mercy. <laughs> and, and, and he wrote a little note with a quote saying, um, uh, forgive us our trespasses. And when he came back out, there was a ticket on his windscreen. And the traffic warden had written a note at the bottom of the, uh, of the ticket that said this, and lead us not into temptation. <laughs> because when we look for a loophole, we're always listening to the wrong voice. We're always listening to the wrong voice. Did God really say? But it's not only in the negative side of the things. I think sometimes Christians especially, what about all the positive stuff that God says? I think some of us, we say, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Does God really mean that for me? Or does he mean it for everyone else apart from me? Did God really say that? So, so when we hear things like, you know, whatever you've done, you can be forgiven and you're given a brand new start. Did God really say that? Yes, is the answer. But many of us say, I don't think he really meant that for me. He kind of meant it for everyone else, but not for me. When we hear things like, wherever you go, whatever you go through, God will never, ever leave you. Did God really say that? Yes. How many of us say, but did he really mean that? Did he really say that for me? Whenever you call on his name, he'll be there. Did God say that? Yes. Are we more than a conqueror? Are we a child of God? Are we loved and treasured and valued? Could God love us any more than he loves us right now? Did God really say that? Yes. But I wonder how many of us say, but did God really say that? And we silence his voice and we listen to a lesser voice and it always ends in disaster. And going back to the story with Adam and Eve, God comes to them with a voice and he asks them a question. Where are you? And because they all of a sudden they get a sense of their own nakedness and they get shameful and they get fearful, they hide from God. Because they've listened to a lesser voice and the lesser voice takes the life and instead of the life it brings shame and it brings fear. Because they said to God, I was afraid. Adam said, I was afraid because I'm naked and I hid. And you know God said, who told you you were naked? It's interesting because there's a story in the New Testament where Jesus uh, stumbles across a scene where they've caught this woman, the Bible says, in the act of adultery, okay, so it's pretty graphic, she's probably not got hardly any clothes on, and under Jewish law, that, at this time, thousands of years ago, that meant stoning, and they bring this woman out, and they say, here she is, what do you say, Jesus, you're meant to be a rabbi and a teacher, he never ever mentions her nakedness, 
He just gives her value and dignity. He tells her, hey, don't mess up again. You know, don't look for life in relationships. You're looking in the wrong place. Don't sin again. But he never mentions her nakedness. He never exposes the shame and the fear. That's what the lesser voice does to you and I. It makes us feel that we're naked. It makes us feel that we should be full of shame and that we, be, we should be full of fear. You see, somebody tells us that we're naked. Somebody tells us we should be full of shame and fear. And it's not his voice. It's another voice. It's a lesser voice. And it will always end in disaster. And I don't know what voice, what narrative is forming in your head. What, what story is being told in your life about who you are and about who you can become. The painter Van Gogh said, If you hear a voice within you say you cannot paint, then by all means paint. And that voice will be silenced. Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. And what we want to explore in this series is not only how we hear the voice of God, but how we become the voice as well. How we become, you see, I believe that every single one of us is an artist. I don't mean a painter or a sculptor or, or a, a, a musician. I mean that we are, we are made in the image of God. Isn't that right? And he is creative and he is an artist. And if we're made in the image of God and if his voice is the voice that brings life, then we can become people who also bring life because that's who we're made in the image of. And I want to read something to you because I love this. And I'm not a poetry kind of guy. I don't really do poetry at all. But this, this, is, this inspires me. And this is a poem by this guy, Owen McManus, from a book that I've just recently read. And it's almost like, you know, I, I think that we'll find our voice when we find his voice. You see, in the Bible, what often happens is that when people experience the voice of God, not only were they changed, but often they were completely transformed. Some of them so much so that their names were changed. So Jacob, which means deceiver and schemer, was changed to the name Israel, which means the father of nations. And uh, Simon, uh, which means reed and easily unstable and easily blown over, was changed to Cephas or to Peter, which means rock. You see, when we find his voice, we find our voice. When we listen to his voice... We become who God has always meant us to become. Whatever narrative and story and voice is shaping your life, if it's not God's, it's a lesser voice. And we need to tune it down so we can hear his voice. Listen to this. I want to stand where the echoes stop, far past where sound has abandoned thought, where silence reigns over redundancy, where once well said is more than enough. I want to stand where the echoes stop, where words must be born to be heard. Where speech is a gift and not a curse. Where there is more of the unique and less of the mundane. I want to stand where the echoes stop. Where meaning is rescued from noise. Where conviction replaces thoughtless repetition. Where what everyone is saying surrenders to what needs to actually be said. I want to stand where the echoes stop. Where the shouting of the masses falls silent to the whisper of the one. Where the voice of the majority submits to the voice of reason. Where they do not exist, but we do. I want to stand where the echoes stop. Where substance overthrows the superficial. Where courage conquers compliance and conformity. Where words do not travel farther than the person who speaks them. I want to stand where the echoes stop. Where I only say what I believe. Where I, I only repeat what changes me. Where empty words finally rest in peace. I want to stand where the echoes stop. Be still and know that I am God. I want to stand there as well, don't you? You hear his voice and you find life. He then calls us to become a voice 
that brings life. So in a world that's so noisy, how do we hear the voice of God? You know, often God doesn't shout. He more often whispers. And one of my favorite stories is there's a story of a guy in the Bible in the Old Testament called Elijah. And Elijah was an amazing, God who, amazing guy who heard God's voice. And he became a voice. He became what the Bible calls a prophet. He spoke to number 10, of, as it were, of his day. He spoke to the powers that be, the voice of God. But then he ended up in, in a situation which we in our modern world would call depression. He was totally depressed. He was exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally. And he was, he was out of it. And he was hiding in a cave and God visited him uh, and God sent an earthquake and he came in the form of an earthquake and a wind and a fire to try and get his attention. But it wasn't that that changed him, it was the whisper in the cave. You see, God often whispers, that's how we hear the voice of God, through a whisper more often than not, rather than a shout. And I want to suggest to you this morning that if we can tune in to his voice, we can hear it. You know, it depends what we're really listening for. One of the best stories to ever illustrate this is an old one that many of you will have heard. It's a story way back and it's set in New York. And if you've ever been to New York, I was in New York in February with my son celebrating his graduation. And it's a brilliant city, but it's an incredibly noisy place to be all the time. And this is a story of a Native American who visited Manhattan for the first time with a friend who was a resident of Manhattan. New York, and, and as they're walking down the streets, this Native American who'd never been to a big city like this, and he's walking down Fifth Avenue, and there's all this noise, and there's you know Times Square and Broadway, and all this, and, and music, and horns, and, and people shouting, and everything like that. And all of a sudden, he stops, and he says to his friend, "Did you hear that?" His friend says, what, "What are you listening to?" And he says, "In the bush there, there's a cricket in the bush." And he says, "How on earth did you hear a cricket in all this noise?" And he says, no, no, there is, honestly. And he goes over and he puts his hand in the bush and he brings out a cricket. And the guy from Manhattan says, how could you hear that in all this noise? And the Native American says, depends what you're listening for. He said, let me show you. And he put the cricket back in the bush, took some coins out of his pocket, looked around, everyone's walking, walking, Starbucks, you know, hand, headphones on, dropped the coins, everyone turned around and looked. Because it depends what you're listening for as to whether you'll hear it. And I want to say to you this morning, folks, if you're not a Christian, you can hear the voice of God if you want to hear it. Maybe you're a new Christian and you've, and you've given your life to Jesus, but you've never really heard God speak. You can hear it if you tune in. But maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and it's been a long time since you've heard the whisper of God. You can also hear it, but it depends what you're listening for. And some of the whispers that God gives, you know, I think these are great. I think God, one, of the, one of the main whispers that God gives is the whisper of assurance. You know, that in the middle of a circumstance and situation where we just sense that God's with us. Like Lee said earlier on in the worship, that he's got it. That he's got it. You know, several years ago, uh, and I've told this story before, so forgive me for those of you who heard it before. But um, just after my father had died and our youngest son, Simeon, who's got special needs and disability. And he was going through a very, very difficult time and which led to him going into residential care about five years ago. Uh, and during this period, um, trying to come to terms with the loss of my dad and with grief, etc. And, and Simeon and where he was going and all of that, which I won't go into. I, I had the chance to go to America to a conference, which I wanted to go to because I needed it. And as I went to America, we was, I, were in, I was in this um, conference with 13,500 other Christian leaders in, in, a, in a, a, a stadium type situation in Atlanta. 
And um, they sang a song at the start of the week, which is a song that we sing here sometimes. And I didn't like the song when I heard it first. It was way too girly. It was way too emotional. Um, you know, and, and, and the imagery and the metaphors in it were all a little strange. It was all about how God loves us so much, that, like a hurricane and, and like an ocean and all this kind of very, very emotive language. I didn't like the song at all. In fact, I didn't sing the song at all when it came on first. But then the guy who wrote the song appeared. He was as part there, part of the conversation, and he told the story behind the song. And the story behind the song was this: that he was in a studio with his band recording an album, and he had a, he had a phone call saying that one of his best friends, who was a youth pastor of a church who really loved God and really served God, was killed in a freak car accident. And he said, as I heard the news, and for the next few days, for the next few days, all I could do was I was so angry with God, I was so hurt, I was so disappointed. Out of that, I wrote that song. See, because out of all of those confusions and those questions and those doubts and those things, out of the kind of visceral kind of way in which I, I engaged with God, God spoke to me and said, hey, you can say whatever you like, I'm big enough. And he said, and God assured me that even though there were still all those questions there, God still loved me and he'd got it. He'd got it. And he wrote this song. And so when I heard the description of the song, at the end of the conference, we sang the song again. Only this time, I really sang it. And I can only tell you, and I can... You can, you can argue me if you like. This was my story. In 13,500 people singing. And the music was incredibly loud. Much louder than you ever hear here on a Sunday morning. Okay, 13,500 people singing at the top of their voices in that stadium. I heard the whisper of assurance from God. That in the midst of my grief and my pain and my confusion, God whispered, Hey Leon, I love you and I'll never stop. I will never stop. That changed everything for me. Maybe this morning you need to hear the whisper of assurance. Sometimes, you know, we need to hear the whispers of admonition, which is an old word. It literally means correction. You know, how many of you know kids have selective hearing, don't they? You know, you know it's the amount of times you turn to tidy their room, they just don't hear it. But you've mentioned chocolate under your breath and they are there, aren't they? And you know, adults, we also have selective hearing. We want to hear that God loves us. But when God comes to correct us, we tune out. I want to tell you this, the, the correction voice of God is bringing life to you. When you listen to that, when you're so pliable in the hands of God, that whenever he speaks, you listen and you respond. There's life in that. I've sat with so many people whose lives are a wreck. Some of it is no fault of their own. But sometimes you think, if only you would have listened. If only you would have listened. Only you wouldn't have gone down that track. Life could be so very, very different. And then thirdly, there are the whispers of action. Where God whispers and says to you, hey, why don't you walk across a room and go speak to someone? Why don't you give someone some money? Why don't you go and help someone? Why don't you go and reach out? Why don't you speak out in your office instead of keeping quiet? Why don't you be the one to do that? And when you begin to listen to that voice and you begin to act on it, life comes. Life comes. And over these next four weeks, we really want to encourage you to be a part of this process, to be part of this. We want to tune in to hear the voice, but then we want to become the voice and respond to his voice and almost become that voice in our situations and in our contexts. And I want to ask the band to come back up because in a moment, I'm going to encourage you just to respond a little bit this morning. You're not going to do anything freaky, but basically in a moment, you're going to, you're going to watch a media clip just last a couple of minutes. And I want to say, at the start, it will irritate some of you. And you will want to check out, don't do it. Stay with it long enough, because God's going to speak to you this morning. Someone at the first service came. 
You'll never know what that was. That was the very verse that God gave me years ago. And she's going through a very difficult time right now. And when it came up on the screen, it was like God said, that's for you. So in a moment, I'm going to just ask you to be quiet. And if nobody could move for the next five minutes, that would be great. And just watch it and listen and try and tune out all those other voices and say, God, I want to hear your whisper this morning. I want to hear the one voice that matters the most, the only voice that brings life. You know, this morning, you can hear his voice if you really want to. You can tune in. You can hear that cricket in amidst all that other noise. You can hear that whisper if you really want to. Depends whether you want to or not. Maybe this morning, some of you, 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 you there are so many noises going on. I sense, you know, I'm trying to stay open to his voice as I speak now. Sense some of you at work. Right now, for you at work, it's so crazy. There are so many noises and voices at work for you. You just can't hear any voice that brings life. It just seems to be sucking life out of you. But you can hear his whisper in the midst of that. For some of you, you, it's relational. In your relational world, it's so noisy right now. Some of you, you are kind of the voices of anxiety. You know, how am I going to get through this? What's going to happen tomorrow? Where's this going to come from? What's the answer? What do I do next? All those voices, voices, voices. But in the middle of that, you can hear the whisper from the voice that brings life. If you want to. But will we tune in? Or will we just be succumbed by all those other voices? Why don't we pray for a moment? Let's close our eyes maybe for a second. And I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to pray that... God somehow, and only he can do this, I know I can't, would just somehow speak into your life today. Would he would whisper some assurance, maybe some correction, maybe some action. But I sense right at the start of our series that it's really assurance that many of us need right now. So if that's you and you you say, hey, I can't hear a voice that brings life at all. All I hear is all these other voices. But you desperately want to tune in. You desperately want to hear that voice of assurance. You know, it begins with a saying, hey, I want it. God, if you're speaking, I'm here. So this morning, I want to pray for you. So I want to encourage you to respond. Maybe just put your hand up. Say, hey, that's me. I want to hear your voice. So is anyone this morning? You say, hey, all this. Yeah, that's great. Just put your hand up. You're saying to God, not to me. Say, hey, I want to hear. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to hear it. God, I want to hear it. Father, I want to pray for every single one of these people, Lord Jesus. I don't know their world. I don't stand in their shoes. I don't sit behind their desk. I'm not in their home. But God, you are and you do know it. God, I pray. I pray that in the midst of all the noise, they'd hear your voice. God, would they hear the whisper of assurance, the whisper that you've got it, the whisper that you're in control, the whisper that there is life in the midst of what they're going through right now. God, let them hear the voice that brings life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I know time is gone, but um, it's really sense God's presence with us here this morning. And, and, and I really sense, it's really strong, that, you know, that old line this song, I don't have time to maintain these regrets. We really don't, guys. How long have you been listening to a lesser voice than the voice that brings life? You don't have time. You don't have time to to, to listen to that any longer. 
Do you know what I mean? You don't have time to listen to that voice. That's a lesser voice. There is a voice. Really, there is a voice that brings life. We've got to tune those other voices out so we can listen to the only voice that brings life. We don't have time to keep listening to that stuff. It's less than what God wants for you and for me. So I want to encourage you right at the start of this. I want to encourage you to buy into this whole series. I want you to be here as much as you can. If you're in a life group, be there. Talk about the stuff. Pray with each other. Take the card, you know, say, God, this week, speak to me. I want to use my voice. You know, let's get some stories going. Because I tell you what, we don't have time to maintain regrets. We don't have time for any of that. Because God has got a voice and He wants to use it. He wants to bring life if we'll only tune in and listen to it. So let me pray as we finish this morning. Father, thank You for speaking this morning. God, I believe You've spoken in so many ways. God, if we can only tune in to Your voice, and God, what incredible difference that would make. And so Lord, now I pray that as we go back into those noisy places of world, our world and our work and our home and our communities, God, I pray that in the midst of all that noise, we'd hear Your voice. In the midst of all that noise, we'd tune in to the one voice that brings life. And God, help us as we hear Your voice to respond to it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you everyone. Have an amazing week. Please take the card with you. If you want to enter the competition, do that. If you want to write a story as as life develops, then do that. Welcome area is open at the back. Have a great week.